Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Chad and Cheese, HR's most dangerous podcast. I'm Chad, basking in the Algarve so wash, and on this week's podcast, Joel and I are taking time away and enjoying Europe. No, we're not together. Why does everybody always think we're together? Anyways, we'll talk about that next week. In the meantime, we did record an episode on the Tech Talks podcast led by Nash Squared's David Savage and Melanie Hayes. You'll love it. It's a predictions podcast on HR tech wins and fails. Enjoy. So joining us today, um, we've got the hosts of the Chad and Cheese podcast. For any of our listeners who don't know who Chad and Cheese are, before I go on to to introduce Mel as well, because I don't want to leave you out, but Joel, what is Chad and Cheese? Chad and Cheese is a regularly published uh, podcast covering news in recruitment, uh, startups, thought leader interviews, etc. We publish roughly three shows per week, so we, you know, we're pretty regular. That's busy, and uh, we've been doing this for five years. That's the Chad and Cheese Show. To learn more, go to chadcheese.com. How did you guys get started? Because three shows a week is uh, that's a hell of a commitment. It- is a hell of a commitment. We started off with uh, a commitment of one show a week for a year. And that was Joel's commitment. We wanted to make sure that we actually had good cadence, right? You you, you have to have a routine, especially if you have a podcast. So that's where we started. Uh, I think we had like two sponsorship slots. Those filled up in no time. We created a third one. You can only put so many ads in a podcast. <laughs> so we started to, to branch out and, and, and companies and brands started coming to us and saying, hey, look, Here's some of our ideas on content that we're not hearing in the HR, TA, and, and tech space. Uh, would you guys be interested? And some we said, yeah, we'd definitely be interested. And some we pushed away because it was boring. So, that, I mean, that's that's really the story. It was, um, we started to be able to, I was at, at Ronstadt for a few years building systems and, and talent pipelines for, for the veteran community. Joel was uh, heads down as a, an entrepreneur 
in in building a startup and we needed to get our voices back out there into the space and this for me was it was one of the one of the better ways to do it other than just being on stage being on stage is great too yeah it's, yeah, it's mostly also an excuse to drink. Hell yeah! <laughs> Whilst recording? Sometimes, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. At, it's on brand. At 10 a.m. We have whiskey giveaways. We have beer giveaways. Like, yeah, we, well, it's five o'clock somewhere, right? <laughs> That's very true. Bloody Marys and mimosas are for. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. The the drink the drink of a Sunday morning. It's not alcoholic, I'm afraid, so it's all for show. <laughs> uh, and also joining us, <laughs> also joining us is... What's the uh, point? What's the point? Just drink water. I know. I know it's your show, and you, you. I know you ask the questions, but explain to me non-alcoholic alcohol and the appeal of it. I can't drink alcohol for various boring medical reasons, and I really like. Okay, beer. enough said. All right, there you go. Got it. But it's also, it's nice. It's nice. Like you get to a point in the day where you've had too much coffee and it's a meeting. And quite frankly, the alternative is lemonade and or Coca-Cola. And that's just, that's just not fun at all. Bloating and gas and no, beer, much better. <laughs> that's Joel's world um, right there, bloating and gas. <laughs> and not just because of alcohol, by the way. Taco Bell. I, I should also say, if, 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 I, if I was drinking alcohol right now at four o'clock in the afternoon whilst working with my chief people officer, also on the interview, I, I don't That's think why you work for well. yourself, Dave. That's why you work for yourself. <laughs> well, you're there. I, I I was at two shows a week. I'm now at one show a week because okay, two two is a commitment that that was beginning to be a bit. Um, <laughs> We're off track. It's your show. Go go. Hey, Question. look, uh, this is fine. This is fine. Okay. The audience is used to it being a little bit random. Mel, uh, Chief People Officer. A lot of experience in HR. You're you're on the Nash Squared side to provide some credibility because I don't really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I'm hoping I can add some value then, Dave. <laughs> well, I think so. Yeah, do yeah. your listeners know Melanie? Um, so no, my listeners don't know Mel. So she's going to do an intro too now, right? Well, I think to say that she's our chief people officer. They they are familiar with our company and okay. our brand. All right. All right. So welcome to the podcast, Mel. Thank you. First time on, actually. I've been asking to come on this for two years. Dave's just ignored me finally got my slot <laughs> <laughs> now true. you have to do it with us two idiots i'm sorry i apologize i think i think that's entirely fictitious <laughs> well look um we met briefly at unleash america and i kind of want to re return to that a little bit you guys um had the pleasure of closing the the stage on the first day of the conference and um i'm stealing one of the questions that unleash asked me because unleash grabbed me at the end of the conference and they said look we want to know about three technologies that you think will fail and three technologies that you think will or flourish. So I wanted to ask you the same thing because it'd be interesting, not just based on the conference, obviously, but but from some of the stuff that you heard at, at Vegas sure. about kind of three trends that you do think are, are going to kind of catch on and th three that you think are hot air. Do we have to stay in the, the recruiting lane? HR tech, HR tech, recruitment, people, right. culture. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, fail or succeed first? You take. Uh, which Whichever one you feel most, most strongly about first. All right. Success, I would say the trend that is uh, for sure a, a can't miss is automation. Shall we play a game? The solution of we're going to replace people with the mundane tasks like scheduling interviews are going to be automated will be plus 50% by the end of the decade that people will embrace automation for mundane tasks and recruiting, which by the way, will cost a lot of recruiters their job. That's my number one automation. Mel, I imagine you have a, an opinion on that? Uh, no, I think automate, automate, right? But um, at the moment, the a number of companies that are hiring recruiting roles is, is immense. I don't think I've ever seen it. I mean, I started in TA 
probably about 15 years ago, maybe longer, actually probably longer. And there weren't many in-house recruiters. And now that's the job that you're seeing everywhere. So there's bound to be an impact, especially with the, if you look at the economic landscape and the potential of a recession in many countries, why wouldn't you automate? Which is definitely going to affect recruiting roles. And actually, recruiters are not always great at admin. So let's remove that bit. <laughs> I can say that because I've done the job. Well, and they don't want to do it because it sucks. I mean, let's let's just be boldly honest here. I think Joel's right with regard to automation. I think he's incredibly wrong with regard to costing recruiters their jobs, maybe sourcers. But we're talking about automation taking tasks, not jobs for the, for the most part. So, you know, anything that is easy, it's just administrivia, it's routine. We've seen automation uh, take those positions uh, in, in every other industry in the world. We just haven't been able to automate them because again, HR is slow, TA is slow to adopt. Uh, I, I do see automation making a recruiter's life much easier. Uh, again, from a sourcer standpoint, if you're just a pure play sourcer, you're probably in trouble. But from a recruiter standpoint, if you're halfway decent, I don't think you, you're, you're going to have a problem. I'm swear we've been having this conversation for like six years. What kind of time scale are we talking about here for Joel's prediction? Because when I started this podcast, I think we were saying things like automation are going to come and take recruits' jobs away. Yeah, I will. That's, that's Joel's. I don't think it's going to happen. There are no wrong predictions. They just haven't come through <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah. <laughs> Which means he doesn't want to answer your question. All right, smarty pants, you give us one. It's easy to be the critic. You give us one. Well, if you'd shut the hell up and let me actually talk. Okay, so first and foremost, I think one of the things that's that's going to fail dramatically is DEI tech. <laughs> anything that is diversity, equity, inclusion tech. And, and, and it's going to be challenged by new regulations and also outcomes. And when the first company gets nicked for anything, quote unquote, diversity, you're going to see vendors change their tune, especially if the regulations in California drop, which could could hold vendors responsible. Right now, they're not responsible, right? The the employer is responsible. The vendors can say whatever the hell they want. They can, they can smoke and mirrors left and right. DEI, if they're going to actually promote it and market it and say they're the easy button, as soon as they're held responsible to it, they're going to run from it. I've always found the whole kind of automation and talking about inclusion to be an interesting topic, right? Because there are a number of organizations that have a a no human touch point. They've done their tech stack. So it's all, all kind of online, no human interaction, doesn't that actually hinder people who might have disabilities? How, how do they get past that? Yeah, I mean, we we actually had a, a discussion with uh, Matt Stubbs, who is uh, blind, and he can't actually apply for like 30% of the roles that he he finds because uh, they, they, they aren't compliant with his screen reader. So yeah, I mean, there, there are issues, even with many of these organizations who say that they, quote unquote, embrace DEI, disability, veterans. So yeah, this, th- this is still a problem. And again, as companies say that they are quote unquote DEI tech uh, and they're proven not to be, it's good. It's going to be a huge, huge issue, especially if uh, some of these regulations start popping. Interesting. Right. So we've got uh, success, automation, failure, DE and I tech. Joel, give us another failure then. Failure. Uh, <laughs> virtual reality. That's <laughs> <laughs> your favorite. A lot of hype. Uh, yeah, I, I sarcastically love it. Uh, look, there's been talk about, you know, put on this headset, walk through the office, see where your, your cubicle is, uh, have a chat with your boss through VR uh, on on job training. 
put on this headset um, and you can like learn the job. There was talk about Zoom will be replaced with the metaverse, which is another fail probably, <laughs> but less so than VR. No, like there's no, there's going to be no boardroom uh, meeting where everyone's wearing an Oculus and like talking to each other. It's this, this is way more normal for most people. I don't see the headsets taking over corporate America or uh, the business world. So VR is going to be a big fail in terms of the workforce, workplace. I think Metaverse with a capital M will fail. I think Metaverse with a small M will ultimately succeed. I'm too old. Metaverse might take off, man. I don't know. Kids, kids are crazy, but I don't think Metaverse in the workforce is, or I mean, uh, VR in the workforce is gonna is gonna we, happen. In, we've in had some, scale. we've had some pretty successful early stage, admittedly, but but promising successful kind of companies, Verti on the podcast, who've who've kind of you know the the brainchilds of of surgeons who want to try and recreate highly pressurized circumstances for training of medics and so on or paramedics at the side of the road you know those style immersive environments true maybe sitting around a boardroom maybe not but those those style training environments there seems to be some some legs there and and people still read newspapers yes like it's okay <laughs> it, it'll it'll catch on with some small group that has money and wants to be cool and whatever like okay doctors and people who love porn will will embrace oculus you said the the you know we still feel that this is more natural, but this is the first iteration of of this. You know, well, we've been you're, doing you're, this you're shit both for in Indiana and 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 Mel's in in Tennessee, and it's great. But it's you know we're only a couple of years out of the pandemic of trying to get used to this. Surely the technology is going to improve. Would you rather have might- this talk at a virtual table where we all have like headsets, and I'm a robot, and Chad is a squirrel, and like, <laughs> would you really rather have that? Minus the robots and squirrel, yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Dave's bullish on VR. I want to hear what Melanie and Chad think about VR in the workplace. It's commercial time. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously, text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God, really? Nacho references already. Anyways... TextKernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. TextKernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. TextKernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey, kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data. I mean, that that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com that's t-e-x-t-k-e-r-n-e-l.com nachos 
Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest, so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to pandologic.com. That's pandologic.com. It's showtime. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think VR in the workplace, again, you've got to remember HR and talent acquisition, they are slow to adopt for VR to be adopted in other areas. I, I uh, agree Dave, with regard to training scenarios, medical, uh, being able to actually use AR for schematics for 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 mechanics and those types of things, I think all of those are are, are great applications. I just think it's going to take maybe a handful of big organizations to implement uh, and take the risk for this to happen in HR and TA. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I mean, I have an Oculus. I use it to play golf and tennis and Beat Saber. <laughs> Beat Saber is an excellent game. Yeah, I yeah. tried a zombie game, didn't like it. Let's get a positive from Chad. Right. I'll, I'll leave that. <laughs> yes, I, I would just leave that right there. So uh, education platforms, you take a look at uh, companies like Guild and Metaverse who are, you know, uh, quad unicorns, you know, double quad unicorns. One of the things that, at least here in the United States, and I, I think we can see this all over the world, is that we have this quote unquote skills gap problem and companies aren't. Uh, they're they're not bridging the gap themselves. They're sitting around and they're whining because they don't have the talent that is perfectly tuned attuned to the the, the roles and positions that they have uh, available. So instead of creating their own platforms, go figure. Companies like Guild, Met, uh, Multiverse, and, and there are some others that are out there are are creating these platforms to help bridge that gap for organizations. So it's more of a quote unquote educational easy button to get workers from entry level to maybe mid-level versus just sitting around and hoping that it happens. So I think educational platforms and also uh, from an internal mobility standpoint, where you're trying to skill up individuals currently in your organization, that's huge for retention, which we really suck at, to be quite frank, in HR and TA. I think I can I can get on board with that. So that leaves us with one left in each category on this little section. Joel, back to you. So you can choose if you want to go positive or negative here. Well, I went negative, so I'm going to go positive this time. <laughs> yes. Well, maybe it's a little bit of both. Okay. The, the robots are coming, people. The robots are coming. In 10 years, getting your food from a robot, getting your food cooked by a robot, getting a basic sort of healthcare check by a robot is going to seem normal. Shall we play a game? Uh, they've been testing it for years. They're starting to ramp this shit up now. Hiring cooks is a bitch. Keeping these people, service industry folks, is a bitch. Warehouse workers, recruiting, retention, uh, we got to pay them more than we ever have. We have to deal with unions now uh, with certain companies like employers are just going to say, 
fuck people as much as we can. Let's bring in the robots. You will see more and more robots. So I guess that's a pro for the robot and an, uh, a, a, a bearish on like just people doing these jobs are going to have to figure something else out. So Joel is beating that automation drum heavy. I, and I don't I, I don't disagree, especially for all these positions that just suck, whether they're as we talked about earlier with regard to automation, taking away the routine, the administrative types of, uh, of tasks out of the job. Uh, same thing for somebody working at like a, a Burger King or something like that, where they're not going to have to flip burgers anymore. Cause now we have Miso's flippy. They can do, they can do more of the customer service and, and those types of, of positions. So I, I can't disagree at all with that one. Well, out of interest, do you think this, I don't know whether I'm terribly British, but I, I kind of feel like this might be a, a divide across the pond in attitudes towards this, or if I, I just don't see it happening here. What? Robots. Why? Why? Well, well when, when we're talking about robots in restaurants and so on and so on, I just, just I, don't see, I don't see it as, it doesn't seem, I don't know, I don't. We're not Europeans anymore. Oh, I don't know, that's a different debate. Uh <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's there's this there seems to be a bit more of a groundswell for this kind of stuff in the states around restaurants and service industry and whatever else, or or maybe even the Far East and maybe in Europe. It- I mean, it's going to be a lot easier based on like Americans. If we're good at anything, it's firing people. European countries, it's a lot harder to fire people. People are paid better, so maybe the retention is is better. Maybe there's a cultural that plays into replacing people with robots. They, they, they can't even hire people right now. So I think from a turnover standpoint. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they can't keep people. They can't hire people. Like, bring in the bots, baby. So we've got, so Dave, I was thinking about this, right? So um, we, we've got um, a global leaders meeting in Nashville this week. And one of our leaders from the UK came and his suitcase hasn't arrived. And somebody sent him a photograph. Nope, they can't hire people in the airports. I think 25% of the flights in the US are being cancelled because of the same problem. And there's just a whole load of suitcases. There was a picture with a whole load of suitcases. Just if you can automate it, if you can build robots, that's what's going to happen, right? There's a problem. The pandemic has driven it. It's sped it up, right? Yes. Yeah, agreed. Agreed 100%, especially with regard to all of these positions that have been labeled essential because they really are because they're part of the, uh, the supply chain. And these individuals haven't been treated essential right they haven't been paid for shit they've got shitty jobs and yet now they're being seen now they see that they are essential to the really the supply chain just just america or the globe working and they're like okay so if i'm essential i need paid more or i'm out and there's going to be a way and and joel and i talk about this on the show all the time jeff bezos cannot wait he cannot wait until he can fully (laughs) automate every single warehouse and he doesn't have to put up with uh, another human and deliveries yeah and deliveries he 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 would love to have people out of the equation of amazon yesterday let's have a quick recap then we've got automation education robots on the plus point we've got de and i tech will fail vr is is not is not in the favorable column either chad it leaves you with one more tech that'll fail yep i think uh pure play chat bots are done Surprise, surprise. Uh, you know, you, we see the Alios, Mayas, Zors. I mean, anybody who hasn't actually started to move toward a bigger type of a system, right? A, a recording, a system of record type of system. Like we we know uh, Talk Push uh, on the APAC and, and European side. And then obviously Paradox, they have taken that chatbot to conversational AI, then to much larger platforms, high volume, 
and, and they're not just quote unquote chatbots anymore. So I see the pure play chatbots either within the next 18 months getting acquired, getting acquired on the clearance sale shelf or, uh, or dying. It's interesting because I, I, I loathe them. <laughs> and yet it's impossible to get through to anyone real on the phone. Uh-huh. And there would be in it, there would be somewhere where properly good automation could make a big difference. Yes. But they're useless. The ones that you actually find you're you're talking to don't seem to have any intelligence behind them whatsoever. Those are those are decision trees, is what yeah. he's talking about, basically. Yeah. Useless. Yeah, yeah. Right. What time do you open? It's commercial time. Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? There's a better way. Acquire ROI is a programmatic job advertising platform built to optimize your budget and supercharge hiring. Acquire ROI automatically manages and measures recruitment ads across job boards so you can allocate your budget based on insights, not hunches. Get to quality candidates faster and cost-effectively scale hiring across roles, all while gaining complete visibility and control over your recruitment marketing investments. Say goodbye to manual guesswork, inconsistent performance, and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today. It's showtime. So look, fine. We've gone through those. Three three that'll uh, succeed and three that'll fail. I've got one more question, uh, and I'd love to know what Mel will say about this as well, being a chief people officer. But one of my favorite things that came out of, of um, Unleash in Vegas was a chat. Uh, it was a talk, sorry, that was given by PayPal, and they, they used the Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility. And they talked about the fact that data could be a blessing or a curse for employees, and it was very much erring on the, uh, the idea that data could really be a bit of a curse for employees and that uh, just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something how do you guys all feel about that because because data is obviously something that we all laud and employee experience is something that we are all trying to improve data would seem to be at the heart of that but it, it can go too far right i mean it it could begin to creep into all sorts of infringements of employee rights you know, I, I'm old enough to remember a day when people thought emails were private, right? Uh, company email address <laughs> was private, uh, which some people still do. And people are still getting in trouble for like, yeah. you know, CEOs sending emails to uh, interns about whatever. So, um, you know, and 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 now uh, there, there are programs that will track Slack conversations and try to indicate whether you're a, a, someone's going to quit their job, whether you're depressed or happy in your, your work. I think that people have unfortunately be uh, okay with their company knowing everything about them and what they're doing on the job. However, I think people, a lot of people don't like it. And I think that does help drive people to Upwork and Fiverr and the gig economy and uh, uh, Uber driver and DoorDash delivery. Like I don't, a lot of people don't want to be under a microscope and live in 1984 when they go to work and knowing that they are on camera and everything that they do is is taped and everywhere they go is monitored. I mean, we've, we've talked to companies that like put shit in your, your, eye, you know, your Apple watch to know uh, your heart rate and when you're stressed and what's like, we're, it's going to next level shit. And I don't know if people, a lot of people won't be comfortable with it, uh, which I think is going to drive a lot of the gig economy um, and people like being independent contractors because I don't want that kind of monitoring in my life. And I know a lot of other people don't. Yeah. 
Anything that is employee monitoring, bad, stop it now. Let's just get that off the table, right? That that's just that's just bad. There's no reason for it. If they're not hitting the outcomes, then that's the reason why you either put them on plan or you fire them. Not because they weren't at their desk at the time that you know you you thought they should be at their desk. But there are some good points of data. But unfortunately, we, especially in TA and HR, are all creatures of habit. And in general, companies will continue fighting to suppress data around transparency, right? Um, Until they are forced to be more transparent. That's uh, going to have to happen again through, through regulation. But when that happens, HR and TA groups will then be forced to dig into that data, identify the good, bad, and ugly, and then make adjustments accordingly. Unfortunately, I believe it's going to, to, to be a curse until HR and TA pros are forced to understand that it's probably the greatest weapon in helping them actually hire and retain people better. We have to understand everything that we have and stop looking at everything first as a risk and start looking at how we can actually utilize the data to make our uh, environment to be able to make our hiring and our retention better. Like what's accelerating a lot of this is like the pandemic. So the work from home movement, companies are freaking out about, oh my God, people are at home, not working. We have to monitor them more than ever before. So, I mean, it's just, it's being exacerbated. Companies desire to track everything that you do because work from home is more of a a reality than ever before. Yeah. Don't you think though, that actually um, most organizations have had a lot of data for a long time and they don't know how to use it, right? So, or they pick the wrong data points. So I remember working in one business where one of the data points was the number of applications and you could have a thousand applications and only one person be actually suitable for the role because they haven't read the job description right that's the data point that doesn't mean anything right for me right i agree 100 percent. i think well one of the things that we do incredibly wrong in ta and hr is we don't think like business people right so we mm-hmm. come up with stats like cost per hire does the c-suite yeah. give a damn about what the cost per hire is no but how does that actually affect the bottom line if we can start to to to, to create narratives and start to dig deeper into data that we do have that's actually relevant and means something to the C-suite, then we've got something, Mm -hmm. right? Then we've got something. The problem is that won't happen until we are forced. Unfortunately, we're, we're dumb humans until we're actually forced down that path. And unfortunately to me, I only see like the DEI types of bias and regulation popping in to force transparency, especially around wages, workforce uh, composition, those types of things to force HR, TA in companies to make better decisions. Boom. There you go. Thank you both for your time. It's been interesting to chew over a few a few areas around HR tech. Um, so I appreciate you giving up some time reasonably early in the morning, right? So thank you to all three of you. If anyone, we'll just recap, if anyone does want to find out more and listen to Chad and Cheese, it's on Spotify, it's on Apple. It's everywhere. Chadcheese.com, right? baby. Chadcheese.com. Oh, sending people to a website. All right, okay. Very pro. <laughs> oh, 90s. Uh, <laughs> I'm old, man, I told you. But thank you very much for your time. And uh, fingers crossed we might bump into you at, at, at another conference. Amen. Word. We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? The podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. 
And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses. And not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.